How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Good morning, everybody. Tobin's Fight Show here with you on 790 The Ticket. Brendan Tobin here with you as the next hour we'll dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. Very heavily on the uh, the boxing today. A lot of stuff in the sweet science to get to. Quiet weekend for mixed martial arts, quite frankly. Um, we'll have more stuff coming up next week, though. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to get into. First of all, it's uh, it's Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul fight week, which is uh, pretty. Wa- I guess is it technically? Uh, yeah, it's technically five. It's a week out. It's next Sunday. It's which is weird. It's on a it's on a Sunday to begin with. So that's a little bit strange. Uh, especially like it was thinking about this because I know the original fight date on the six kind of made sense because it seemed like they were just trying to avoid. Well, shouldn't say avoid. They were trying, I guess, not to go directly on the Teofimo uh, Cambosis card fight day. Um, just, I guess, not to divert any of the boxing crowd. But, you know, not, unsurprisingly, they were able to move them off the weekend. I was surprised that they didn't just kick it back to Saturday once that was the point. Because I figure anybody who's going to buy tickets for a Saturday fight or Sunday fight is going to buy them for a Saturday. So I was a little surprised by that. But either way, listen, Sunday fight, let's do it. Um, so we got plenty to get to. We're going to talk to Badu Jack the Ripper. He is going to join the program for today. Former two division world champion, big fan of watching this guy fight. Never gotten a chance to interview him before. And, uh, unfortunately for him, he is, uh, he is going out to face a new opponent as uh, Jean Pascal uh, tested positive for a lot of steroids, a lot of steroids, a lot of, uh, banned substances, so, unfortunately, their fight is off, but Badu Jack says that he is going to fight. So, unfortunately, um, a good amount of the interview got nuked because it was talking about their very controversial first fight where many people, including myself, thought that Badu won the fight. Um, cut that out. Still got some good stuff from him, uh, especially with his ties to Floyd Mayweather and uh, a friend of mine, a friend of the show's, Shannon the Cannon Briggs. So, we got some good stuff from... Uh, the, uh, the, the the former world champion, Badu Jack the Ripper. And uh, we're also going to bring you today a couple more interviews. We got uh, the aforementioned George Cambosis, Teofimo Lopez fight, which is going to come down, finally announced June 19th. Uh, and tickets went on sale this week. We are going to speak with the number one lightweight contender in the world, George Ferocious Cambosis. Uh, it was actually cool. This was... Uh, Almost two, it was two weeks to two years to the week that George and I had our first interview. First time that he appeared on this program. And now he's fighting for the Undisputed Championship of the World, which is really cool. We're also going to talk to his head trainer, Javier Centeno, who is uh, the owner of the Sweatbox Gym in Davie. Trains a lot of great fighters out of uh, South Florida. So uh, I think you guys will dig that conversation as well. So we will uh, get into all that, but I will start off with the action from last night. Speaking of the lightweight division, you had Devin the Dream Haney taking on Jorge Linares as Devin Haney was defending his version of the WBC championship, which is a whole mess. I don't understand how, you know, what's what, you know, Teofimo is the franchise champion. Devin Haney was the interim champion, raised to regular champion. There's all... This this WBC, they're the you know they got the prettiest belt, but they're the flimsiest of them all. Everybody, I love that green belt. It's super cool looking. It's the coolest looking of the belts, no doubt. Maybe Ring Magazine's cooler, so maybe that's why uh, they feel like they can give out the most. I don't know, but they they're like you know they'll be in you know 
uh, every event. Oh, this is the heritage belt. This is the the Mayweather versus McGregor. This is the money belt. Um, I I, I thought uh, Chael Sonnen had a great line with the money belt one time where he goes, they claimed it was worth $3 million. I saw it just laying on a desk somewhere, uh, which is true. I remember seeing that too. It was just laid sprawled out one time in the middle of the lobby. They claimed it was $3 million made of diamonds and snakeskin. Nobody would have anything that expensive just laying around. It was a brilliant line by Chael. Um, but either way, you know, Devin Haney is, uh, very, very good and he is, uh, an outstanding young champion because he is, he does have that distinct, uh, that distinction. I'm not taking that away from him. Um, I don't recognize him as the number one lightweight champion of the world. I do give that distinction to Teofimo. Um, but either way, uh, he is a champion. He is a champion and he was defending his belt last night against, uh, Jorge Linares. And, to, to sum up this fight, like I really just want to focus on the positive from from Devin Haney because I think a lot of people are going to go and focus on like the last two rounds of this fight. And I think that if you do that, you're really missing out on what I thought was just overall just a brilliant performance from the young fighter. You know, I think we forget sometimes these guys get on the stage and, and you got to remember that you know, he's 22 years old. Teofimo is the 23 years old. You know, Ryan Garcia is 21 years old. A lot of these guys are super, super young, and they've put together a hell of a resume. And yeah, they've been boxing their entire lives, so it's a lifetime of work. But, you know, when you get to these these pros pro levels and you're taking on a guy in Jorge Linares, um, sometimes you get to these parts of the fight. Like, I'm listening to the post-fight interview, and you're like, well, what do you, what do you want from the guy? Like, do you want him to pitch a blowout, uh, pitch a shutout like he did against Yoriokis Kambos, or do you want him to face a little bit of adversity and and learn how to get through some stuff? And I think for Devin Haney, I don't think tonight could have gone any better. I really don't. I think that, you know, that Gamboa fight was boring. Uh, I was excited for it because it was down here locally. I'm a big Gamboa fan. Um, Gamboa showed a lot of toughness in his fight with Javante Davis where – he was fighting on one leg on a blown Achilles. So I was excited to see what t- uh, what Devin Hay was going to do to him. And he pitched a shutout, but was never really in danger and, and, and really was in there with a guy who I don't think could return a lot of fire. And it was coming off a vicious injury. So I get the disappointment there from Devin Haney. For today, I don't think any criticisms really warranted of it. I mean, you want to get at him because he was holding a lot in the last couple of rounds. Okay, but he got clipped, and I thought part of this was that you want to see what it's like when he uh, gets hit with a big punch, and and how is he going to handle that? Well, to handle it, you got to run out the clock a little bit. So that's what happened. So yeah, I think the first eight rounds. I mean, to me, you know, some people gave Lenaris one of the early rounds. I saw that on a lot of Twitter scorecards. I think you were curve grading if that was the case, um, and and and. What I, when I say curve grain to people, what I mean by that is sometimes I think a lot of the times in, in internet judging and TV judging, you give a guy a round because he gets the, the, the brakes beat off of him so badly. And then you feel bad and you think, oh, that was a little bit less worse. Let's give him that round. Um, I thought that Devin Haney was pretty flawless, uh, for, Every single round up until like round nine, I think that he maybe slowed down a little bit. And then I think Jorge Lars picked up, uh, you know, took advantage, picked up the work pace. And then I think you could have given Lenars round nine. Round 10, I think that Devin Haney had a really, really nice bounce back. And he just got hit with a, 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 a big short shot that wobbled him. And it was a great move by Lenars where he does the El Matador uh, to the other corner. It was a great moment for him. Um, you know, so I, I, I think there were arguments for, I think the scorecards were perfectly where they were, to be honest with you, because I definitely could see an argument for him winning rounds nine through 12, because he, I thought got nine. That was, that was what I thought was a pretty clear one on my scorecards for him. 10, he got the best shot of the round for sure, even if Devin Haney didn't. Like, there was one round they wanted to give to Haney 
or they wanted to give to Linares on the broadcast. And I just, because he hit like one check hook and I was like, I can't do it. Like, you know, Devin Haney dominated that round. Like you're, you're giving Linares way too much credit for just showing up. But that one, he legit hit, he, like he legit hurt him. And it felt like a, a, a fight changer. Just wasn't enough fight left. Um, 11, I think was pretty clear for Linares because Linares, you know, was basically dealing with Devin Haney holding him the entire round. And I think 12, you know, it looked like Haney was trying to put like a little finishing touch on it, but then was definitely trying to run out some clocks. So that one you probably could coin toss either way. But I thought this, I think the A4 score, the 116, 112, I think those were pretty spot on. I could see it being 9 3. 7 5 is a little bit dicey. You'd have to convince me, and I'd, I'd, I'd you know, have to hear you out on it. Um, I didn't think, I didn't think it was impossible for it to be a draw, but you know, I would need to know what the judge was drinking at that night. If that was the case, because for the most part, for me, you could say whatever you want about Devin Haney's status as WBC champion tonight. To me, he looked champion of the world world quality. He looked champion of the world quality to me. He looked good enough to go beat Teofimo Lopez. He looked good enough to go beat George Cambosis. He looked good enough to go beat uh, Ryan Garcia. He looked good enough to beat Javante Davis or anybody that you want to put on that list. He looked really, really brilliant for eight rounds. He really did. And again, I think we lose sight of the fact sometimes that these guys are in their early 20s, have a lot of fights under their belt, but they really are just stepping up the competition. And isn't this what you wanted? You wanted him to face a little bit of, all right, what if, what danger? And look, he pl- and, and the thing that is is great about Devin tonight, this wasn't like the Yuri Yohi-Samboa fight. He was fighting in the kitchen the entire time. He was playing with fire the entire time, and he got burnt. He got burnt at the end, but it wasn't like a, it wasn't a third degree burn. It was like a, a little bit of a, a little grease fire, a little grease fire after cooking up a nice meal. You know, he sat there, he was dicing up, he was uh he was he was making a nice little uh nice little casserole or whatnot. I don't think you make grease with casserole. It's probably he was making a little bacon and a little, little, little bit of bacon grease got on him. And that's uh and that's okay. That's okay. As long as the breakfast is still delicious, who's worried about what uh what kind of mess went uh went up in the kitchen? So I thought that he showed a lot of great stuff tonight. I thought that he he did show a level of aggression that I really, really enjoyed watching. I thought it was a brilliant fight because it wasn't just that he was dishing it out. I mean, some of the misses. I mean, it was. It must have been really breezy in the Mandalay Bay with some of the misses that Jorge Linares was hitting. Now, look, he was trying to time things up. He was trying to find things and, and find his range and and, and definitely give him uh, give him uh, some some props for that. Event. That's what he was looking to. That you know, he was he was going for broke. He wasn't phased by it. He wasn't trying to be conservative either, but it made for a really fun fight. I thought it made for even, even with Devin having it lopsided, I think we were all enthralled as boxing fans, seeing this young man crank up the intensity level, crank up the aggression level, dish out some good punishment, hit some uppercuts, some, some, from some fun angles, vary up the body attack to the head attack. His jab is absolutely brilliant. His uppercut looked great. His body attack was slick. Um, and then just some of the misses, the the playment that he had in, in the range, I just thought, man, he just he looked he looked champion of the world good. He looked like a guy who was capable of beating anybody in that weight class and maybe, you know, down the road in, in, in bigger weight class. Um, you know, he hit Lenars with some clean stuff. You know, certainly the power that he doesn't seem to possess is still a question, but you know, I do wonder if he was able to, if he was, I, because I, I, I distinctly remember thinking to myself after that eighth round that uh, I thought Lenars was was getting ready to go. So that's props to Lenars. I mean, he was able to dig in there, uh, like the gutsy warrior he is, and 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 make and make the the young buck pay there a little bit. But um, you know, I just think you know, I I I don't want to. It's, you know what it's like? It's it's like uh, if I can relate this to any of our Heat fans that are listening. 
Um, watching Devin Haney, it's a lot like watching it's a lot like watching Bam out of bio. You know that there's a lot of brilliance in there, but he's still kind of discovering all of his superpowers. And so there'll be games where you're like, I had be more aggressive. You could do this. And tonight was like his nets his his nets buzzer beater or one of his games in the Eastern Conference Finals. You still want to see a little bit more. It's still not a perfect product, but you know that there's a lot of brilliance there and a guy who's capable of being a max player and or championship level boxer. And I think that's what we saw from Devin Haney tonight. Uh, really, really great performance from him. And it'll be interesting to see what the fallout is. Um, you know, he did say that he'd be, he'd be willing to fight Teofimo Lopez. Uh, the thing that you got to wonder is well first you know listen tfimo's got his work cut out for him coming up on june 19th a lot of people do think that he is going to walk through george cambosis george cambosis has something to say about that um i'll get into a little bit more of that in the next segment when we bring you our interview with george but um i do think that for devin and for tfimo we've seen now Two guys have really great performances against veteran boxers. I think Teofimo obviously took on the better boxer. If we're going to do boxing math, you know, Teofimo beat the man who beat the man, Linares, who uh, Devin Haney took on tonight. But um, it's arguable, look, as, as far as punching power is concerned, Linares put down uh, Lomachenko. I mean, he's in a lot of ways a more dangerous fighter. I don't think he's a better fighter than Lomachenko. But I think both of these guys both showed that they have that kind of youth gas tank to really put pedal to the metal early. And then it kind of tapered off as the fight was going on. And so there's still that inexperience, which I think also makes for some really fun fights in this division. So as much hell as I gave uh, these guys last week, because I was like, ah, Devin Haney, Linares, I'm not really. In. These guys said they were all going to fight each other. It ended up, I think, being a really important fight for him. So I was wrong on that. And I think that uh, it, it ended up being a very entertaining fight uh, for the fight fans. So shout out to them. Shout out for DAZN for putting on a, a great show tonight. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, our interview with uh, George Ferocious Cambosis, Javier Centeno, who is uh, his trainer. We will uh, talk to those guys about their plans to beat Teofimo Lopez coming up in just a couple of weeks. Uh, uh, at Lone Depot Park. We take a quick break on Tobin's Fight Show. We're back after this. Welcome back, everybody. Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. Uh, let's get to our first couple of guests of the program today. Now, I want to give a shout-out to Triller, my guy Peter Kahn, uh, Bernie. Thank you for the whole crew over there for, for inviting me down to Media Day this week as you had Teofima Lopez's Media Day. That was in Las Vegas. Uh, I sat in on the, uh, the 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 Zoom call for that. I was able to get a question in with Teofimo, and he kind of just went. It was actually funny because I asked Teofimo this uh, this question just about does he you know feel any full circledness. This is actually funny with a little bit of a backstory to this for our listeners. Like Teofimo Lopez is a guy who claims Brooklyn as his billing. Um, but he actually did a lot. He, he grew up here. He grew up in Davy, Davy Powell, uh, boxing program and won a championship and his youth is down here. It's, it's kind of weird. Um, but his family is New York. And, and so I, I just asked him about the idea of, you know, it kind of come in full circle with this type of stuff. And I'd actually give a shout out to my guy, uh, Brendan Taylor from true school sports, you guys can. Uh, he, he does a lot of good boxing stuff. He actually had a, he had, he had a one on one this year. He's out in Vegas, so he had a one on one with Teofimo, um, which hopefully we'll nail before uh, before his his fight hits on 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 June nineteenth. But he was actually the one that pointed this out to me. He was like, "It's funny that like he doesn't talk of South Florida a little bit more." So I kind of got the buzz and the idea of the question from him um, because it is interesting. Like you would think a guy who is going to have this championship fight in Miami would talk up more like, Hey, this is, this is where I grew up. This is, this is where I'm fighting. I, especially if you're going to sell tickets in your backyard, but you know, that's just me. I'm just, a, I'm just a humble man with a humble opinion, but it's become almost this funny thing because George is like poking at him about the whole Brooklyn thing. Like, 
you're not from Brooklyn. You're from here. You train. You grew up in the town that I train in now, which is now my hometown. And so I'm taking both of your hometowns. So he actually wore. He was at the workout this week. He was wearing a Brooklyn Nets Kyrie Irving uh, jersey shirt, and it's funny. I mean, you know, obviously Kyrie Australian, just like technically Australian, and uh, which is where George is from. George also carries Greek heritage, but he's just kind of poking at Tiavimo. Is like, you know, he's got like all these hometowns. He doesn't know what to represent. So. Uh, a funny little troll job from from George, but look, uh, I've said this to everybody who would listen to, about George Cambosis. George Cambosis is a fantastic personality. He's not only, I think, a talented fighter. He is a fantastic. The idea that George isn't bigger is a shame because he's charismatic as hell. And the same thing happened at these press conferences where he took on Lee Selby and he owned the press conference. And he took on TFM on this press and he won the press conference. And I think the same things happened. He it was listen, I listened in on his media call. I thought he he rocked that, knocked that out of the park. And I loved our interview that we did. And we're gonna bring it to you here in just a second. But um, yeah, thank you to those guys for having me down at the gym. Uh, George looked great in workouts. He looks in fantastic shape. He's fast as hell. Um, and those who don't know George, if you haven't listened to him. Uh, undefeated lightweight he's i believe 19 and 0 i think is his record and got himself in the mandatory position to, to fight uh to fight lopez and it's uh it's it's you know i think it's a dangerous fight for tefimo you know T, that, you know george is really fast he's really fast he has a powerful jab um has to let his hands go you know that's that's i think kind of been the one you know criticism in some of his fights in that takes him a little bit to get going and i think for for this this could be a story of if he could avoid the fast start and the blitz from teofimo um and get himself in a comfort zone you know he could he could present some issues he could present some issues but i'm gonna let the man himself speak for himself here's our conversation with the number one world title lightweight contender george ferocious cambosis we're here live in Davie for George Ferocious Cambosis' training camp as he is winding down the days until he is fighting for the undisputed championship of the world. And you. Uh, George, it's almost like two years ago uh, since the first time we spoke, almost to the week. And you told me uh, that, you know, by that time, like, you were going to be in this position. You even had a pandemic mixed in, so I'll give you a couple months. But, like, you nailed this, man. You saw the vision. And here you are. You're, you're you're about to fight for the undisputed championship of the world. That's got to feel unbelievable. Look, one thing about myself is when I have that vision and I manifest something, I see it. I see it clearly. And very few athletes in the world have it, but I have that. I know for a fact I have it. You know, it's here. I said it to you. I said it to you two years ago. I said it when I met the when I met the kid Lopez, and we took a photo and I put it out on Twitter saying it's a future mega fight. Well, it's a mega fight now. Um, I've got that vision. And again, the vision of me knocking this guy out. Pinpoint shot. Bang. Shocking the whole stadium. Shocking the world. And then the beautiful belts. I've seen it already. It's going to happen. I'm telling you now. How um, how has it been for you just the idea that you're going to have this this whole big event in Marlins Park, Miami, a city that you've trained in for a couple of years, you, you know, just down the road. And it's going to be in this big old ballpark, you know, for the whole world to see. Like, did you imagine, like, when the whole thing was going to happen like this, that it was going to happen on this grandest stage? Look, things happen for a reason, man. Sometimes the the stars align and, uh, you know, destiny just takes its course. You know, who would have thought? I knew I was going to fight for the Undisputed Championship. I knew I was going to be in this position. But who would have thought here at home? This is my home. It's not his home. It used to be his home. He talks about Brooklyn. But... We know he's not from Brooklyn. Everyone knows that. Maybe the, the, the people that don't know properly. You would think he would sell it more that he's uh, from down here. But he should be selling it from here. Yeah. But again, he's not, even from, he's not even really from here too because he left. He's in Vegas now. Once I beat him, who knows where he's going to end up. He might want to dig a hole and, and, and go somewhere in China or something because he's not going to want to be seen. Um, he's a traveling gypsy. But I'm representing where I'm from, Sydney, Australia. My Greek people. And obviously, I'm representing Davey right here. I'm from here. I've been training here. This is my this is my hometown. You're coming to me. You guys have been very uh, vocal with each other in the in the lead up to this. Um, you know, a couple of days ago, the the Zoom media that he says that he plans on putting you 
on a stretcher. That he wants that he has bad intentions with this. What is uh, your reaction to some of the talk that he's had before? Yeah, look, this? no problem. I'm prepared for whatever way it's got to go. You know what I mean? Is he prepared to be put in a body bag? Is he ready to go and find himself? Because I know when he's been in situations and he's been put down in sparring sessions, he's quit. He's left. He's taken his gym bag and gone. He's come back. And all of a sudden, he's got his ass beat again in them sparring sessions. Again, he's gone. So he's a quitter. Once you quit once, you quit again and again and again. And I've got some cool footage. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show it when we do our big media day today. I'm going to show it of him getting put down again. He's got a glass jaw. I'm telling you now, no one has hit him clean. But I plan on hitting him very clean June 19th. Does training camp for a championship, it, does it feel different? Like the idea that you are fighting with so much on the line, big stakes. Do you get up earlier? Are you running harder? I know you're very, very diligent with your workouts. You're very detailed. Did you feel yourself crank, cranking it up at all? Did you feel yourself having to hone it back at all? How has it been training for everything on the line? Is it different? Look, this has been the best camp of my life. You know, after the Solby fight, we went into a full scientific strength conditioning plan with, with my team in Australia, Ethos Performance. I'm bigger and stronger than ever. You know, more muscle in my body, but faster and sharper than ever. So we've been putting the work straight after my biggest win against Selby when I became number one. But as soon as we got into camp two months ago here, you know, it's been go. I haven't had to try to build up. I've already been ready. You know, we went straight into sparring. I've got two good sparring partners, big guys, strong guys. You know, give me great work. And um, everything has been pinpoint, you know, structured to a T. And um, I feel great. You know, one thing I have really done is, is got the right recovery. You know, right sparring partners. You know, right uh, right treatments. Everything has been perfect. The right team. I've been able to bring people here as well. I've been able to bring, you know, my Australian coach to uh, be in sync with my lead coach, Javier Santino. I've been able to have my father here. You know, so I spent a lot of money to have the right, right camp. And it's perfect, man. I tell you, I'm ready to fight right now. Speaking of the money, um, this 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 fight shook up the boxing world a little bit because it was you know the money made a lot of headlines. Like you guys are on Triller. What did you uh, what did you think of that world when the, just the, the whole thing that happened where it's like you're going to be on this new network that's you know kind of a renegade. It's going to shake up the boxing sport. Uh, how did you I guess interpret all that when this was uh, when this was unfolding? Well, first thing I said to to my manager Peter Khan, who obviously has a lot to do with Triller, I said Pete. Are the, are the four belts plus the ring magazine on the line? Are they on the line? Yes, they're on the line. Okay, that's all I need to know. I don't need to know anything else. I'm coming to camp ASAP, and I'm taking this, this kid's belts. That's all I care about. He cares about the money. He cares about his entrance. He cares about being a showman. He cares about the problems he has with top rank. He cares about who's he going to fight at 140, who's he going to fight at 135. He's got all these different visions, but tunnel vision. What he's got and his belts. That's what I'm coming for. So you're glad that you feel like a little bit of a sense that he's kind of overlooking you already? Like that, no, I don't, think he's, think that... I, th I don't think he's overlooking. I think he's just got a lot going on. I think he's a, a lot of distractions. But, you know, I think he's trying to talk other things because he knows what he's coming up against. I saw it in his eyes. The guy fears me. I know you saw it in these eyes. I'm coming for you, boy. So, you know, he's trying to distract himself to forget about me and then hopefully it comes quick and he tries to get the business done but I ain't gonna be like that do you know what the uh what is it was it like back home like what's uh, what's in, in Australia like do you know what people are planning you know watch parties just the feedback that you're getting that huge that, that you're, you're one of our own is fighting for the world championship again massive uh absolutely huge you know I got a lot of support down under a lot of support in Greece a lot of support around the world um it's massive it's gonna be on pay-per-view main event TV over there and um thousands of people are going to be watching it and they're going to be all supporting me if not the millions are going to be watching this fight so it's going to be a, it's going to be a great victory when we, when we pull this off and win this, this fight and bring all them belts back home it's going to be massive something special this could go down as the, the biggest sporting achievement for an Australian fighter for an Australian athlete ever you honed a lot of your craft uh, sparring with Manny Pacquiao many 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 rounds he is, uh, he's coming back he's fighting Errol Spence uh, what do you think about a 42-year-old? I mean, he is he is dynamic, and he is uh, he is an absolute badass and a legend. 
What do you think about somebody at that age, 42 years old, coming back and fighting, you know, one of the current welterweight champions of the world? Like, do you think, uh, do you think he is crazy, or do you think he can do this? Manny is a legend, and when he puts his mind to something, a bit like myself, when we put your mind to something, you know, you got to achieve it. And I know the way he trains, I know the way he prepares, he's going to prepare unbelievable for this fight. And I believe he can shock the world. If there's one guy that can do it at his age, it's Manny Pacquiao. So I'm supporting him. I know he's supporting me in my fight. And, uh, you know, we're going to have a great 2021. And just, um, you're, you see Tiafimo, you know, the, the lead up, the battle and all that stuff. But in the ring, what do you think that you have that will, that will get to him? What do you think that you have that is going to be the special thing that really is the difference in this fight? Everything. Everything. From my speed to my power. He's going to be shocked by how hard I hit. He thinks I ain't got no pop, but you'll see. Uh, everything, man. My, how defensively good I am. How sharp I am. How good I move. You know, but my heart, my willpower to win this fight is going to be a big difference. I'm coming. George Frost Cambosis. He's going to be fighting at Lone Depot Park June 19th. Get your tickets now or buy it on Triller. It's going to be a hell of a show. Hey, all of the congratulations to you, man. I know that you've been working your ass off for this. and. You deserve it, and uh, all the best to you, man. Appreciate it, man. Get there. It's going to be a hell of a fight, and you will see the new undisputed champion of the world, Cambosis. And again, appreciate George giving us some time. Uh, he's, a, he's, he's a really fun guy to talk to. I think it's like our fifth, fourth, fifth interview that we've done together. And every day, he's an intense dude, but he's a fun dude. And uh, I always enjoy our conversations. He's got a tough task on his hand, no doubt, but... I tell you what, man, he looks really, really good. Really, really good in training. Speaking of training, let's talk to his trainer. This is Javier Centeno, his uh, his head trainer. He runs the Davy Sweatbox Gym. And you guys, uh, this guy is, is training a lot of great talent down here in South Florida. And if you guys haven't had him, this is our first time having him on the show. So here's our conversation with Javier. Javier Santana's Sweatbox Gym in Davie, Florida. Uh, Javier, I mean, what does it mean to you, man, training guy for the chance of the Undisputed Championship coming up in your own backyard, basically? Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's crazy. I mean, many many trainers and boxers don't don't get an opportunity, to, you know, at a world title. Um, this is an Undisputed title here in my backyard, which is it's awesome. It's awesome. What is the, uh, what's the, the, the I guess, the, the crowd that's coming for you? Like, are you bringing a lot of people uh, locally to come see you and see your work at, at first hand? I'm sure, I'm sure. Some of my, you know, my old fighters and some of the people that I've just trained over the years, some of my athletes that I've trained over the years, I'm sure are going to, you know, show up. Um, so it's going to be a nice crowd. It's going to be a nice turnout. Um, just love having it home. You've been a trainer for a few years now, man, um, and this has been something that's kind of been in the in the cards when he came to you. Uh, what does it even mean that it's here now? Like you, you guys have kind of hit the destination, but like I'm sure all the work that you put in, it's got to be so meaningful that you guys had a vision and now here it is right in front of you, a couple weeks away. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's. It's a great feeling, you know, having this, you know, this opportunity, especially here at home. But knowing how far George has come, you know, everybody he needed to fight to get to this position, we've taken on that challenge. We, you know, we fought, we've won. So it wasn't, it wasn't an easy road. Um, and I, I give Delfimos, you know, credit as well because his trajectory to where he is now is kind of the same way. So they, they met, you know, facing the guys that they needed to face at the time to get to the position where they're in. So it, you know, it's one of these fights where it's not just a guy that just came up because you know he had a name to him. Most people don't know who Campbell's is here in the states. You know, they follow his social media. He's great on social media, but it's, um, you know, it's different. You know, he is coming in as the underdog, but he likes that. You know, and we like that position. Um, but it's, it's gonna be a great fight. It's gonna be a great fight. Has there been any part of you that's had to hold him back a little bit because this is such a big, lofty goal that he's had for a while? So as a trainer, like, what's that balance of? Hey, we got to go a little bit extra because the stakes are so high, but also I don't want him, you know, gassing out. Yeah, well, you know, with, with George, we, we always have to kind of tame him a little bit, uh, pull him back because, as everybody knows, you know, he is one of those that does not stop training. I mean, immediately after the Selby fight, the very next day he was training, you know. Um, so we do pull the reins back a little bit on him, control his, his tempo. Um, and then with the change of date, we had to kind of bring things back a little bit and then get it going again. And so, um, I mean, it's it's a little change. It's not difficult, but it is something that we have to control as a trainer. You know, 
sometimes the fighter just wants to keep going. But we have to make sure that we don't burn them out either. Uh, this is an interesting uh, you know, tell too, because Tito Fimo you know, was a big amateur down here in Davie. What do you think that this, uh, I guess this fight can show for, I guess, the talent in South Florida? I mean, you're such a big part of that, and there's so many great gyms down here of kids working out. What do you think about the talent crop down here in South Florida, and, and what this can show for that? Look, I think, I think Florida's becoming one of those um, you know, states where you're getting a lot of young kids coming into the into the amateur program that are developing into national level type fighters. But we didn't have that too much before, only because there wasn't enough, you know, competition, enough shows down here in Florida. Um, but I think the the local LBC started to pick that up and started noticing. Look, there's a lot of kids that want to fight. We have to give them that venue to do it. Um, and with that, you know, with that changing now, and there's, there's a lot more amateur fights, you know, a lot of kids are starting to get into the sport that, you know, may not have been, you know, great football players, may not have been, you know, boxing's a different breed, you know. Football players, baseball players, basketball players, that's something that you can do and, you know, depend on other people. Boxing's one of those where you have to be internal and say, you know what, if I can't do this myself, I better find another sport. Two more with you. Uh, you got Sanders Zayas who's coming up in a couple weeks, another young young buck from down here. Uh, how have you liked how he's been developing his career? I mean, he's obviously, yeah, his name's getting bigger and bigger. How, how have you liked his, uh, his developments come along? I know Zanders has been coming up well. Um, you know, we've been, yeah, because of his age, we, we've moved him, and I'm glad, you know, top rank is also moving him, you know, appropriately without, there's no rush with him. Um, but his development has been great. You know, he's, he's where we want him to be at this point. Um, you know, we're always challenging him uh, with sparring, with different, I mean, he just sparred with uh, Sean Porter yesterday. Uh, so we're always challenging him with sparring, um, but keeping his head right, you know, keeping his feet grounded and making sure that, you know, he's still continuing to learn. You know, the last thing you want is a fighter that thinks they know everything and they don't want to learn anymore. Xander's not that type of fighter. He's one of those that's continually learning. Uh, and finally, the prediction type, how do you see uh, June 19th going, you versus, TF, uh, versus TFMLO, how do you think you guys get it done? Well, I, I, I'm not going to predict the KO, you know, um, but I do predict, you know, a win for, for Cambosis. Uh, when it comes by KO, decision, doesn't matter to me. You know, a win is a win, um, you know, and I'm sure, you know, Georgia stayed the same. So. Well, listen, um, I know you guys are always stuck in the moment, but you know, it, is, it is deserving of congratulations for you guys to get onto this stage and Thank put you. South Florida on the map too, man. This is a big yeah. undisputed championship in Miami, I'm sure as you know, uh, it's kind of a big deal for the city too, so yeah, it is. You know, congratulations for you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Brendan, for having me on. Absolutely. Again, really appreciate the crew for having me down at the gym and, uh, and allowing us to see some of the work that they've been putting into this thing. And we're looking forward to the show on June 19th, man. Uh, I'm looking forward to it at Lone Depot Park. We'll be in the building for that. We'll be in the building for Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul. Lear and I got our credentials for that, so we're looking forward to that. When we come back, we will talk to Badu Jack the Ripper. He will be on that card, but not against the man that he thought he was going to be against. We'll bring you our conversation with Badu Jack the Ripper. And what is this fight week going to be like for the sideshow that is Floyd Mayweather Jr. against Logan Paul? Welcome back, everybody. It is Tobin's Fight Show here on 790 The Ticket. It is Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather Fight Week. It is going to be here next Sunday at Hard Rock Stadium. I am credentialed up for that fight along with my co-host in the mornings, weekdays, 6 to 10 a.m. with Leroy Horde. Leroy and I will be in the building for this fight. Very excited to uh, to see what this spectacle is going to be. I legit- legitimately have... You know, people ask me, like, who do I think is going to win this fight? And I just, I look at them with a blank stare. I'm like, Floyd Mayweather's going to win the fight. I don't know what to tell you guys. Uh, Logan Paul, I'm sure, is training his ass off. He's getting in there with the best boxer of the last 25 years. And, you know, he's 0-1. I've seen Logan Paul fight before. He's uh, he's He's been trained by Shannon Briggs. I've watched his KSI fights. He's fine. Uh, he's good for uh, a dude who is, uh, you know, picked up boxing over the last three years, but um, he hasn't been doing this since, you know, he could walk, which is what Floyd Mayweather can do. And I also, you know, 
some people always wonder about these rough tactics that the bigger guys may take in these free show fights. If you guys remember from the, the Conor McGregor fight, like that's not going to happen. Like they're not going to allow Logan Paul to rough uh, Floyd Mayweather up or pick him up or do any of this type of stuff. Um, yeah, he's not going to win the fight. I don't know what to tell you. It's uh, it, it, it just he's not. It, he's getting in there with a guy who I don't even think he's going to touch. Um, but it's going to be a fun show. I think it's going to be a fun show. I think there's going to be a lot of trash talk. A lot of chicanery, and uh, I love that in the lead-up to a fight. So I'm looking forward to it. A lot of media events I'm going to try to get to this week for the fight and uh, hopefully bring you guys a lot of coverage. I doubt any of it's going to be as exciting as the last time I was out there where I was right in the middle of the uh, the melee that was gotcha hat. But I still think it'll be fun. And I, anything, I do think that you know Floyd, who I probably wasn't taking this serious at all, I think cranked it up a little bit because of uh, that little stunt by Jake Paul. So we'll see. It should be fun. Jake Paul did just sign a deal with Showtime. I think the inevitable thing is Floyd Mayweather beats Logan Paul, and then we're going to get Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul, or Floyd Mayweather versus Jake Paul. Uh, but there is it is a good card. I mean, there's Jared Hurd versus uh, Jared Hurd's going to be taking on Luis Arias, a guy who trained out of here for a long, long time, uh, good veteran of the sport. So I, I'm looking forward to that. You got uh, Badu Jack. Who's coming up? He is uh, he is our guest on today's program. Now he was supposed to fight Jean Pascal, which I was excited to talk to him about because that was a controversial loss for Badu Jagger. He kind of got screwed. He did get screwed, quite frankly. And we found out this week that Pascal tested positive for a whole heap of uh, performance enhancers. So a lot of our interview got nuked with Badu Jack the Ripper, but still got a lot of good stuff out of him. Looking forward to his fight. And then you got. Chad Ochocinco's fight, he's taking on Brian Maxwell, who I've actually seen fight in bare knuckle before. Uh, so Chad Ochocinco, sweet feet, he's going to be fighting as well. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun night. I think it's going to be a fun night, not too serious. And uh, I'm looking forward to just what the showcase is going to look like. Um, you know me, man, I'll watch anything. I, I watch, I've been there, I've watched the the highest of highs, the lowest of lows and levels, bare knuckle, all of it. I think uh, fights can be captivating no matter at what level. And uh I'm looking forward to this showcase, but a man who is uh, not a not a sideshow. He is a former two division champion, a man I've wanted to have on this show for a, a long, long time, and that is Badu Jack the Ripper. Uh, it sucks that his fight got uh, knocked off by Jean Pascal's PED test, but he is uh, saying that he's staying on the card. So I want to still give the man his shine and uh, and want to bring you this conversation because we talked about a lot of other stuff as well. Here is my interview with Badu Jack the Ripper been a really exciting time down here in Miami especially when it comes to the fight game and we have a big one coming up on June 6th Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather are going to be fighting on pay-per-view at Hard Rock Stadium the venue looks absolutely incredible but this man is going to be in the co-main event Badu Jack the Ripper joins us here now uh, I want always want to ask you this if I ever got the chance to interview you now down here in South Florida uh, we have a man roaming the streets he's a crazy person he goes uh, shirtless from from place to place you know, he'll swim in the beach, and that is uh, one Shannon the Cannon Briggs, who, uh, I mean, this man has stormed in my studio unannounced just to just to drop interviews about you. This is the man who, like, the, this is, like, one of the men who uh, discovered you and, and, and got you into professional boxing. Like, I've, I've, I've always wanted to know, like, kind of the origin of that story because I've, I've seen it, but I've never, I've never kind of gotten the tale only from him that, you know, he's very proud of you and everything that you've, you've accomplished in the sport, and he speaks glowingly of you, but... From your side of the story, how does uh, I guess back then you and a, and a, and a the champ Shannon the Cannon? How does that how does that all come to be? Shannon's my brother. Um, yeah, he didn't get me into professional boxing, but you know I I, I think I was four or five and zero, something like that. And he was in Sweden, where I'm from. Um, he uh, and he he saw me fighting, and and we became good friends. And uh, yeah, he he had a promotional company at the time. With Greg Cohen, uh, the Empire Sports, something like that, and yeah, he signed me. I moved into his house. Uh, um, yeah, I was down there for a few months in, in Miami training. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, then uh, he had some issues with the, with uh, his partners or whatever. They had to release all the fighters, but yeah, he's the one who discovered me and brought me to the states at the first time. So he's always gonna be a good friend, and uh, yeah, me and him, we always brothers. 
is uh, is there a chance he shows up at the at the fight? Because you never know where he's going to show up when there's a boxing event. Yeah. Like you always gotta you always gotta keep your eye on the press conferences and all that when it uh, when it happens. Like uh, when you know you're fighting uh, in South Florida where he he now resides. Any shot that we see him at the fight? Yeah, possibly, possibly. I think he used to train Logan for for his first fight. I think he did. So yeah, so uh, I don't know. Yeah, I talked to him a couple of uh, I think two weeks ago. Um, yeah, I think he'll be there. What do you think about this? Uh, this just this whole event, Bobby. Like you, uh, I remember watching you on the the Mayweather uh, card with McGregor when you when you beat the holy yeah. hell out of Nathan Cleverly. Um, yeah. just the, these super events, man, like you, you know, I know you have uh, close ties to Mayweather, but he's kind of out of the box. He's the biggest thing in fighting. And then, you know, now he's fighting, uh, Logan who has fights under his belt and is super popular, but I, the world's going to be captivated by it, man. It's, it, it, what do you make of, I guess, just the, uh, the, the sport of boxing, getting a spotlight on it through kind of a different, different method. I mean, some people are mad about it, and, and you know, but they, it brings eyeballs to boxing. You know, I think most people are mad that uh, you know these YouTubers, nerds, or whatever, they're making a lot of money. But you know, I'm not jealous of that. And and they, they did, they they are genius uh, for marketing themselves. So they got there somehow, and now it's a new era, social media era, whatever, whatever you do. So. But the one thing you can't play boxing, so he'll, he'll find out. Though. Man, I tell you, because I was not four feet away from uh, from Floyd when the whole hat thing happened. Like I was literally like asking Floyd the question. Like he was like saying yeah. I'd take him on both the same night, and then uh, the brother Jake comes up and yanks the hat, and just yeah. all hell breaks loose. Like I understand, like Floyd's the bodyguards. I don't know when the last time they had to spring into action was, but they got their <laughs> money's worth that day, or he got his money's worth that day uh, on the whole thing. Man, it's like. Uh, and so while a disrespectful thing to do to go take a guy's hat, it also, I'm sure helped with the promotion. Cause everybody, everybody saw that footage for it. It was, uh, it was, it was bananas. Yeah. These young guys, they're crazy. They, they're going to get themselves hurt if they do that to the wrong guy, but you know, they're, they're, they're good at promoting themselves and, uh, we'll see what happens. It's all about entertainment. What about you? When you lead up into a fight, um, are there lines for you? Like, is there, you know, cause you are professional. Everybody wants to get to that night and get paid. But is there, when you're taking on an opponent, is there a line that somebody doesn't cross with a menace like you, Badu Jack, when, when they, uh, they're in the lead of the fight, what don't, what line don't you cross in the lead up to a fight when, when taking you on? I don't know. Don't, don't, don't take my hat. I can tell you that <laughs> you go to sleep. <laughs> um, nah, I mean, most people, you know, I fight professional fighters. I don't. I don't fight these guys. So, so they know better. Is there is there a better code amongst boxers? Like you guys, uh, you know, most of you guys are. Everybody different. So there's always some crazy guys. But you know, I'm 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 all about business. I'm all about uh, beating your ass in the ring. But I mean, if you if you come step to me, yeah. If you go across the line, then it could happen too. Uh, you know, outside the ring. But no, I'm I'm pretty calm, pretty confident. So. Yeah, I'm good. Can you give us an idea of what it's like watching? Uh, you work at the out at the Mayweather gym. His his workouts are hypnotizing. Like I watch him and some of the things that he can do with the mitts and all that type of stuff. I feel like we've all kind of been introduced to that. Like on the twenty four seven. What's it like uh, watching a guy like that work? And is it motivating seeing a guy even at his age like do the things that that he can do? Uh, does it does it feel like you? You still want to kick into uh, into your prime even longer. Like, what what is it like watching a guy like Floyd Mayweather work in the gym? I mean, yeah, of course, it's been uh, motivation all over the years. So I'm it's like almost ten years now, I think. So um, yeah, uh, he's a special guy. I mean, uh, hard work and dedication—that's his motto. And and you know, he's been. That's why he, he's at that. Uh, you know, at the top of the game, he he always worked extra hard. So that that gives me inspiration and and to know what it takes to be on that level, you, you got to work overtime. Uh, what's it been like working with Jonathan Banks? How how have you been enjoying this uh, this relationship uh, as as it's uh, you know fairly new? So far, so good, and and uh, everything's coming together uh, in camp now. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, everything. I feel great. I was ready to fight a long time ago, but. Uh, some small adjustment that we've been working on finally is coming together. 
Have you uh, have you ever gotten to fight in South Florida before? Are you excited about this uh, this opportunity to to fight in Miami? Yeah, that was a, this is the first time actually. So yeah, I, I trained there and everything. I, I actually lived there with Shannon, but no, I never fought there. So yeah, I'm excited to fight in Miami, especially on a big stage like this. Yeah, man. Well, we're excited to ha- we're gonna excited to have the whole crew. Like it's it's a really cool. I mean, you know, Floyd and Logan is what it is. And I think yeah. we all know what Floyd's going to do, but like they stacked it with, you know, you and even heard Arias. I like, I like that fight too. Like, I think those, you know, those guys come and, and bring it as well. Like, I think that they've put on, uh, put together a nice card here in Miami's, uh, I think it'd be buzzing for that. And I tell you what, Badu, that, uh, that stadium, when we walked in there for the first thing, like just the idea of what that ring's going to be, it just, yeah. it's, it's a massive thing. Like, do you, what's the, what's the, uh, the, the, the craziest venue? Like when you just walk in and you see like, whoa, this is, this is like, does it when you're when you're going out to something like that for a championship fight or just a monster event or atmosphere like do you try and stay in the zone as much as possible or does even as the fighters you'd make that first walkout can it take you can it gonna like can can it like overwhelm you just even for a second no not really i'm thinking about the fights i don't really care if it's a big arena small arena but i'm just thankful and blessed to be part of it but uh yeah, it feels like uh, I want to fight in the UK in those big stadiums one day, but this feels like is maybe something like that. So yeah. Well, we appreciate you giving us some time, man. I'm really looking forward to the event. I've been a big fan of yours for for a long, long time, and watching your style, man. You you really bring it, and uh, it, you know, there's, there's, it's no doubt why you're always finding yourself on on big stages because uh, you really please the fans, man. So thank you for giving us some time, and we're looking forward thank to seeing you down here in Miami. Thank you. I appreciate it. Take care, man. Thanks again for Badu Jack for joining the show. I've been wanting to do that one for a long, long time. Thank you to you guys for tuning in. We'll get into a lot more MMA this week. We, uh, we're expected to talk this week to both participants in The Ultimate Fighter, Brian Ortega and Alexander Volkanovsky. So you guys can look forward to that on the, uh, on the whole side of UFC. And I know it's been a very boxing-heavy show today, but it was a quiet week of, uh, of mixed martial arts, so I don't know what to tell you. Everybody have a great rest of your week. Enjoy your Sunday. And if you missed any of the show, download the podcast on the Odyssey app or Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts are available, Tobin's Fight Show. And uh, also subscribe to the show on YouTube as well. Just look up Tobin's Show on YouTube, and you guys can watch some video clips as well. Talk to you guys next time. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.